time to buy in. You're listening to the Noble Capital Radio Hour. Now, let's start the hour. Welcome to this week's episode of the Noble Capital Radio Hour, where we explore income strategies for the modern financial landscape. If you've listened to this show before, you know that typically this is the time when I introduce my esteemed co-hosts. But I was thinking about it this week, and I thought I would try something a little bit different, because such epic co-hosts really deserve an epic intro. In a world where markets are volatile and retirement income is increasingly hard to come by, two men will rise up and stand together for a noble cause. One man, a soldier of fortune. The other, the people's champion. Are on a mission to protect the fate of Main Street in an epic battle against the armies of Wall Street. This Sunday, Jess Hamill and Jaden Newman will stop at nothing to secure the income of millions of Americans on the Noble Capital Radio Hour, coming to a radio frequency near you. Gentlemen, welcome to the airwaves. Thank you. Thank you, Sean. Thanks for the introduction, sir. Was that an epic enough intro- introduction? That was, that was pretty cool. That was it. Star Wars stuff. Yeah, I loved it. Yeah, thank you. Well, how was everybody's week? I had a great week. Yeah? Been fantastic. Yeah, Excellent. I couldn't ask for anything more. So we're, we're doing good this Sunday morning. Oh, yeah. Awesome. It's a little bit early. I had a good time last night, too, but I'm getting there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, who are we? Anyway, just a bunch of guys on the radio talking about stuff. But... No, we're Noble Capital Wealth Management, for those of you out there who may not have listened to us before. And we specialize in financial advising and income planning, and we are based here in Austin, Texas. And we have some events a couple times a month where you can come out and have dinner and a discussion with us, and we talk a little bit about how we approach income planning and some of the things that you need to think about whenever you're planning your retirement strategy. If you want to RSVP for one of these dinners, just go to noblecapitalradio.com. We have one coming up on Tuesday, April 16th at Trulux. Again, that's noblecapitalradio.com. You can RSVP right there. Last week's episode was the Enlightenment where we enlightened our listeners by answering a whole bunch of questions that we received directly from our audience. And I always love doing those because it's kind of a a nice way to to sort of interact with with the folks that listen to the show and actually figure out what they want to know. Yeah, that was cool. I had fun with that. So before we get to capital contemplations, I just wanted to brag real quick because I don't typically brag about my finances – but my my credit card company has been calling me every day 
to tell me that my balance is outstanding. So I just wanted to brag a little bit and let you guys know how well I'm doing. Killing it, Sean. They like that it's high? Uh, well, they just say it's outstanding. That's good, right? Uh, Sean, you want to take this one off air, but <laughs> I don't know if we just want to embarrass him. Or oh, is no, that, no, I don't want to embarrass him. Okay. That's, That's not, not good? That's not Our, good. Oh, oh, man. Okay, well. I'll just have to edit that you, out. You can get through the show. We're, we're good. Uh, okay. So, Jess, would you like to read our capital contemplations this week? Sure. So, character is like a tree and reputation like its shadow. The shadow is what we think of it. The tree is the real thing. I like that. So, for absolutely no bonus points, who said it? Was it Benjamin Franklin, Henry David Thoreau, or Abraham Lincoln. Bruce Lee. <laughs> I should put him in there as a choice every time. I'm going with Throw just because I like the, the last name, Throw. Yeah. Well, it was Abraham Lincoln. Abe Lincoln. Our esteemed former president. Good old honest Abe. But the reason I wanted to throw that out there is because we're making a distinction in this episode between reputation and the actual thing itself, right? Those are two different things. And there's a lot of misconceptions or misinformation out there that can really give people the wrong idea about something. So this week's episode is called The A Word, and we are talking about annuities. I like it. Hit it head on. It's a great topic. Controversial. um, And like I say, at the events, whenever we're talking to our, our audience, when we get to annuities, we we call we we, t- we kind of call it out as don't fall into the annuity trap, um, yeah. as as sort of the title for that section, and the trap is not just um, avoiding annuities; it's actually it's actually missing out on the opportunity to get in the right annuities because there's so many people out there that kind of have these misconceptions about about exactly what an annuity is and why why would someone want to buy an annuity and fit that into their plan or their portfolio. All right. And the biggest shame for me with that is people have a preconceived notion based on a little bit of knowledge that may or may not be correct. So they make the decision up front. They don't want to hear about it because they, in their mind, know it's a bad thing. So they miss out on something without even coming into it with their eyes wide open. So they know just enough to be dangerous, yeah. right? A little so bit of knowledge is a dangerous thing. I tell Sean all the time. Yeah. So what? let's start by telling the listeners out there, what are some of the misconceptions that people have about annuities? And the folks out there listening today may even have these same misconceptions, but we want to kind of dispel some of the myths. So what are the things that you guys commonly hear about annuities? Well, that's a pretty big list. Um, and without getting into a one-hour presentation on annuities, I can just say there, there are different types of annuities, basically three different types. Um, all of them have good and not quite as good. Some of them have worse than others. And people with an agenda tend to pick and choose the worst of the worst things about annuities and lump that together and tell people, here's what an annuity does. And if you don't know enough about it to sort through that, you walk away with a bad taste in your mouth thinking they're horrible, they have uh, terrible tax consequences, you're locked up in them, there's no death benefit. All those things are true to one very specific degree and very few of them to the annuities that we use. Okay. That's good. And we'll kind of dig a little bit deeper into the different kinds of annuities and some of their characteristics a later, a little bit later on in the show. But typically, you guys spend quite a bit of time uneducating people about what they think they know about annuities before you can even really have 
and you know an intelligent and informative conversation about it, right? That's true. I spend a lot of time uh, when the subject comes up and people just immediately put their guard up. I'll, I'll stop and I'll say, okay, it's, it's obvious that there's an issue here. What is the issue? And almost nobody can give me an example. They just say, I, I don't know, but I've just heard annuities are bad, or my grandfather told me not to do an annuity, or or or. And what I'll usually throw at them, especially people that don't have a pension. I say, well, would you would you be cool if you had a pension? I mean, I notice you just have a four hundred one k. Or what if what if you had a five thousand dollars a month pension? And they're like, yeah, that'd be awesome. I said, well, that's an annuity. So it's a matter of just kind of opening people's eyes to kind of pull the wall down and listen. That's all I ask. That's good. I I what comes to mind, Sean, when I think about it, and for you know for talking to our listeners here, one of the things that that we do when when folks come in and sit down with us is we ask them what they're here for. Mm-hmm. You know, like what 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 brought you in today? What are you looking for? And I'm telling you, there, there's been so many times we're sitting down and we're just we're writing down sort of what the, the the client is telling us that they're looking for, and what they're describing is exactly an annuity. Like, mm-hmm. it, you know, they want guaranteed income, they want to protect their downside and have safe growth, they want something with very, you know very low or or no fees, and you know, they want something that's flexible and they want something that's going to be there for the rest of their life to take care of their spouse and so on and so forth. So it's, so yeah, and, it's the, and the biggest thing is no market, um, no exposure market downturn. Right. And then, and then you, then you start talking about an annuity. Oh, yeah. oh wait, oh, it's it's an annuity. But, but wait, you just described all of this. <laughs> um, so it's, it's a, it's a psychological sort of uh, hurdle that you have to overcome, but you know what? I don't blame them at all. I mean, there's there's been uh, annuities on the market that have really uh, kind of hurt people's perception of annuities. Specifically, you know, some of the ones where we've just seen the underperformance uh, is is the variable annuity, as Jess said. So you can't just throw the baby out with the bathwater, though. Yeah, you definitely got to dif- differentiate between the types of annuities before you start assigning labels to any of them. Yeah, and I think the structure of annuities and the type of annuities has also probably changed quite a bit over the decades. Well, they have. This is not your grandfather's annuity. But you know, before yeah. we get too much further, I want to stress to the people listening, um, one of the bad things that people hear about annuities, they go to see somebody that sells annuities and they try to just sell them the biggest annuity they can to try to get the biggest commission they can. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when we sit here and talk specifically about annuities, I don't want to give the impression that we're here just to sell annuities. Annuities are a vital part of a well-balanced income plan, and they're just one of the <clears throat> one of the many income streams that we use to generate income. Yeah, you know, maybe we should get all of the folks in the financial industry together and just get them to rename the annuity, <laughs> and that that will kind of uh, get rid of any any sort of bad taste that people have in their mouths about annuities. Well, when we get back, we're going to discuss a little bit why older style annuities gained a bad reputation. So hold on just a second. We'll be right back after this break. You're tuned in to the Noble Capital Radio Hour. Welcome back to the show where we've been discussing one of the most misunderstood income tools, the annuity. So right before the break, we were just kind of giving you a little background about people's perception of annuities. And there's a lot of negative perceptions out there, but probably for a good reason, right? Some, some of them are for a good reason, but they don't necessarily apply to the correct annuity, I guess, one way to say it. So you can, you can be correct about not liking something, but incorrect about the fact that that's not what we're talking about in the first place. And that's what typically happens. Okay. So 
then I guess what are some of the things that have kind of given annuities a bad reputation over the year and, and, and why people are so averse to, to using them? So in the, what I would call the old days, you know, 30 years prior or more, um, the structure was a lot different. The intent was a lot different. The interest rates were a lot different. Um, you couldn't find many fixed annuities that would even compa- compete with the uh, savings account. So why would you put it into an annuity, just leave it in the savings account? So everybody went to variables. And with a variable annuity, you can put money in an annuity and come back later, and there's less than you started with. I mean, might as well just go into the market. The fees that go along with that, in my opinion, don't necessarily justify being in the annuity other than in some very specific circumstances. So all annuities have some protection from creditors and predators, and we can kind of set that as a, as a wash across the board. But in the old days, the surrender periods were very stringent. Um, you didn't have much access to the money. The liquidity was almost nothing. Um, almost every annuity that was structured to produce income did so by annuitizing the contract. And that's the big horrible word. That's the real A word there. Mm-hmm. So once you annuitize a contract, you can't unannuitize it. There's typically no death benefit. So you put some money into an annuity. You let it grow for a while. We do some math and say, okay, that's going to give you $1,500 a month for the rest of your life. And you walk out and get hit by a bus. The insurance company keeps the money. So mm. these are the things that your grandfather told you don't ever do that had valid issues back then, but that's no longer the case. Okay. That's good. Jaden, how many annuities do you have? So as a, as a sub 50 year old, yeah. um, <laughs> I don't have any yet. Okay. Um, but I do have uh, another um, annuity like a product, a tool for, for myself in my, in my portfolio. I have two of them actually mm-hmm. um, that work a lot like an annuity for, for younger people. It's a, it's an index universal life contract. Um, so we're now, not going to get into that yeah, on this now show. Now we're talking about life insurance, which is a different thing, but right. you're saying it kind of pays out regular income kind of like an annuity. It does. And you're allowed to begin funding that at a younger age and building up. So that's that's a go-to for some of our younger clients. But um, annuities, Jess, Jess just said it perfectly. Um, the features that, that people have heard you know, negative connotation about are – you know, like basically not, that's like last century, literally. Um, in, in, in the more recent years, especially the last 10 years, we've seen annuities, annuity companies, uh, which are life insurance companies, excuse me, companies mm-hmm. that are bringing very flexible and, and very fair um, products to, to the marketplace. And uh, some of our listeners, you know, they, they they might not know to draw this distinction, but you know, we're we're independent financial advisors. We, we're not captive with one um, supplier or one carrier that we offer products through. Right now, we have over fifty different life insurance companies that we have access to products through. Um, with that said, there's always kind of your top, you know, stable of of carriers that constantly have the best offerings, mm-hmm. but. Jess now, you know, has the ability to customize a pension for for a client when they come in. He talked about it earlier. When somebody comes in and and they don't have that guaranteed lifetime income, when we start talking about income planning, Mm -hmm. everybody wants it. But when we look at what they have on paper, you know, most most folks do not have an adequate amount of their income coming from guaranteed, predictable lifetime lifetime sources. Mm -hmm. So this is a vehicle that can be customized and it's the fees are very fair and it's worth looking at if, if you haven't seen an illustration and see what it would look like for you. And okay. also it depends 
greatly on what you're trying to do with the annuity. So there's really, in my mind, two purposes for an annuity, and they describe two very different annuities. So one is I want to set some money here. I want to know it's absolutely safe. It's guaranteed. I can't lose it, and it will grow safely, and I'll come back later and get it plus the growth. The other use is to put some money in there, get a guaranteed rate that has nothing to do with the market whatsoever, and at a certain period of time, turn it into an income stream. And we can know exactly what that's going to be now, whether we turn it on in two years, three years, 10 years, et cetera. And then that produces a lifetime of income. Those are two different annuities and two different uses. So if you're trying to use annuity number one for annuity number two's purpose, they may not mix up and, and, and mesh and make sense. Yeah, and I think that's an interesting point is that there are a lot of different types of annuities and, and I guess the way that they're structured. So if you don't get the one that is the right annuity for your goals, for your purposes, it's not going to do you any good. Yeah, absolutely basically. not. You'll, you'll bang your head on the wall. I'm a, I'm a car and motorcycle guy, so my, my famous analogy is if I live on a farm and I've got to haul a bunch of uh, trailers with cows, I think the one-ton four-wheel drive Chevy truck with a great big giant diesel motor, and it's great. Mm -hmm. If I'm 19 and I want to impress the girls and zip from stop sign to stop sign, I think the Corvette's a great car. Mm -hmm. But the Corvette's useless to me on the ranch, and that one-ton truck's never going to beat a six-cylinder Mustang going stop sign to stop sign. So they're both very good vehicles, but only when they're used for what they're intended to be used for. That's good. And with that said, I, you know, we talk a lot about product salesmen as, as, as financial advisors. That's not really a financial advisor, Sean. Mm -hmm. So if there's, if there's clients, if there's listeners out there that would like to understand, you know, hey, I, maybe they bought a product and they, they have it there in their, in their office, in their drawer. Um, maybe you're even getting the statements and, and trying to track with it, but you're not sure if this is performing, if it fits in, if, if it fits into a, a, an income plan, a strategy. Mm -hmm. We want to, we, we would love to hear from you. We would love to sit and take a look at the, that with you and just give you an x ray and reflect back how it's performing and compare it to other things that are on the market. There's a lot of people that have these products just collecting dust with really no purpose behind them. Yeah, and a product salesman's not going to have a very objective view of your situation and the type of income strategies that are going to be right for you. They're going to be very subjective and just try to convince you that whatever it is that they're selling is going to work for that purpose, and that's not always the case. Well said. So, so you, you mentioned a couple of things, Jess, but... What are some more of the red flags that we see that people should be concerned about or at least pay close attention to when it comes to the characteristics of annuities? That's, a, that's a, another broad stroke. It's not so much about looking out for red flag as much as just going in with your eyes open and, and knowing everything that there is to know about the thing that you're considering doing and finding somebody that you can trust that doesn't have an agenda to try to push you one way or another. Somebody's mm -hmm. looking out for, for your, your well-being, your best needs. Somebody like you. I, I would like to think so. <laughs> and I hear that a lot. I do. I really do. Yeah. So I guess we'll get a little bit more into the types of annuities in the next segment and kind of draw distinctions between them. But, you know, you talked about death benefits. You talked about a little bit about the, the surrender period and I guess other types of fees, withdrawal fees and that sort of stuff can really kind of... I don't know, it cannibalize your returns? Well, <clears throat> well, that's a correct statement. But, you know, we were, we're talking about the older school annuities. And all the baby boomers, they're called baby boomers because they were born around the same time, which means the majority of them are retiring around the same time. So mm -hmm. when this next round of baby boomers hit, 
and insurance companies were not selling annuities, and they, they couldn't figure out why. They said these are great retirement tools, so they kind of had a meeting of the mind and said, okay, why aren't we selling annuities? And you know, nobody wanted to say anything except for one guy in the back of the room stuck his hand up. He said, well, because they suck. Mm-hmm. He said, all right, well, why do they suck? So they started listing out the things that people didn't like about them and came up with solutions to that. So the death benefit. It's not entirely true. If I buy an annuity and I die, there's a death benefit. But if I annuitize it, I've now signed a contract with the insurance company that says my new contract says I get this amount till I die, but that's it. So there, you can use an income rider to achieve almost the same thing, but still have a death benefit. So just hitting these things one at a time and overcoming them individually, nothing's perfect, but if we can take 10 bad things and knock it down to two not fantastic things, then all of a sudden the, uh, you know, the instrument works. So the death benefit we talked about, the surrender schedule, the surrender schedule is much more uh, favorable now. It starts at, I don't know, nine, 10%, but then it works its way down equally over a 10 year period of time. And then 10% penalty-free withdrawals. They used to be almost 100% illiquid. You can now come in with the contracts that we deal with anyway, and in any given year, whatever the balance of that annuity is, you can take any amount up to and including 10% of it out with no penalty. And then next year comes along, you can do the same thing. Okay. Well, if you folks out there want to learn more about this, we actually touch on this topic at our dinner and discussion events that we hold every month. And if you want to check us out and listen to Jess and Jaden talk about some of these topics, go to noblecapitalradio.com, and you can RSVP right there on the website. When we get back, we're going to talk a little bit more about some of the different types of annuities. So hang on, folks. We'll be right back. Just joining us, we are discussing why people have misconceptions about the A word, and we're talking about annuities, folks. So, in the last segment, we kind of, you know, discussed some of the bads about older style annuities, so the, the way they used to be structured decades ago and whatnot. But it would probably be good for us to kind of just start at the beginning and describe what are the different types of annuities first and sort of how they work so that the folks listening can get a little bit more holistic understanding of what we're talking about. Yeah, for sure. So basically there are three camps and like anything else, there's going to be some, some uh, offshoot products, but it's going to fall into one of three categories, either an immediate annuity, a variable annuity, or a fixed, in, a fixed annuity, which also can have an indexing feature on it, so it's called a fixed index annuity. So an immediate annuity, that's the lottery. You scratch off the ticket, you won $20 million, you go down to the Texas Lottery Commission to pick it up, and they give you 10. You're confusing me already. Um, so you win 20, they give you 10. You're like, what happened to my 20? They said, oh, you want 20? Here. And you gotta take it out over time. All they're doing is giving you an immediate annuity, and by definition, that means that you will start receiving something from it within 30 days of funding it. So those aren't bad, they're not great, but they don't really have a purpose in retirement, so we don't deal with it. Well, you know, in the context of a lottery, my understanding is is it's better to take that money annuitized because you don't get hit with a tax bomb like you would if you just took the whole thing in a lump sum. Mm, maybe. It depends. You know, $20 million or at one time or $2 million a year, you're still going to be in the top tax bracket, so everything above six hundred grand is going to be the same, the same rate anyway. I guess, yeah. I guess it does depend on how much money is annuitized every year. And it depends on what state you're getting it from. You know, if the the state of Illinois is backing it up, I'd go ahead and take the lump sum right now. (laughs) (laughs) Not a fan, huh? (laughs) I'm just not a fan of bankrupt states with three governors in prison, but you know, that's just me. (laughs) Well, so, so the next one 
the variable annuity. Mm-hmm. Um, this is the one that gets a lot of bad press. Um, a lot of it is justifiable, and I'm not saying they're horrible. They have their places in the right situations, but typically in retirement, that's not one of them. So the, the aspects of that that people don't like are the fees. The fees are typically not only high, but oftentimes hidden. Um, they are variable, so you're taking money. Typically, you're funding it with a, with a brokerage account or an IRA, so you take money out of the market, put it back into the market, but now pay more fees for the privilege of having it cloaked under annuity. Um, the growth on it is tax-deferred, like any other annuity, but if you're taking it out of a traditional IRA and putting it in there, you're not getting an advantage there. But the biggest issue I have with variable annuities is if you're paying 4% in fees and you're up 6 you're only up 2 and if you're down two, you're down six. The insurance company's going to get their four no matter what. Mm-hmm. Um, they're just not a stable, predictable, guaranteed source, which is what we're using annuities for. So not horribly bad, but not great in what we use them for. So they could, they can have an upside, though, because the potential return could be greater than maybe a, a, a fixed annuity or something that's not indexed, right? Yeah, potentially. For a long-term play, for a younger person that can afford to lose the money, um, they're not horrible. And that's the key, really, is that anything market-based is going to have some risk associated with it, right? And if it's if it's tied to the stock market, then it's subject to the stock market. Right. And for the most part, annuities in general are not subject to liens and judgments and uh, lawsuits, things like that. Not entirely, but they're, they're very difficult to penetrate. So a 40-year-old in a high – in a job or – profession that makes him more likely to be sued for something because of what he does mm-hmm. and he's got a high net worth that may not be a bad situation for him yeah okay. i'd say sean a good a good way to think about it um the types of annuities that we promote and that we like are naturally going to be pointed at our, our our high net worth retirement clients which is kind of our the, our, the bread and butter of our clientele you know folks that have been accumulating their most of their life and are getting to a point now where it's time to now focus on a plan for preservation and distribution. And the the annuities that we promote are essentially uh, it's it's a time in, in in your financial you know path where you're making a deliberate decision to take chips off the table. Mm-hmm. And and I think that that really says it all. I mean, at what point? Are, are you ready? Have you come to a point where it's time to take chips off the table and put those into a secure, guaranteed, predictable instrument that you know is going to be there through thick and thin? You wouldn't put all of your take all of your chips off the table, but any prudent right. investor that understands that you know they're they're going through this transition of not having paychecks coming in anymore wants to begin to take some chips off the table. Yeah, I hear you guys often talking about sort of phasing out risk over time throughout the sort of retirement life cycle. Are annuities a good way to help to phase out that risk if you move some of your riskier investments over to annuities? Or Yeah, of course. And once again, I can't stress enough, we're not talking about moving everything into annuities right. or buying one big giant annuity. But as you start to transition into something that makes more sense for you from a risk standpoint, from a guarantee, from a predictability standpoint, this is the natural next step. You mentioned earlier also about hidden fees. How is it possible to hide fees? I mean, aren't these things typically in some sort of contractual agreement? They they are. So everything is in the contract, but it depends on the person selling the annuity. Um, And not everybody is is honest. I'm not trying to, to bash on anybody specifically, but variable annuities are 
known in the industry. They're kind of the used car salesman of the insurance industry. Mm. And too many times I've come into contact with people that had no idea that, that two or three of the four fees even existed because they either weren't paying attention or somebody was intentionally not explaining it well. Yeah, or it's not transparent on their statement. You have to know which questions to ask to, to really get on beneath the hood and, and see what you've got. Um, but back, you know, backtracking, Sean, for just a minute, you're talk, you were you were reinforcing you know that annuities are a good way to, to de-risk as you move through the life cycle of money, and it's true. But I'll tell you this for again for the listeners, there's there's now annuities where they are safe and they're 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 guaranteed to not lose money. So they have what's called a floor, meaning you can never go go down. You can never have a negative return in a year. And in exchange for giving you that safety net where you never lose money, mm-hmm. of course there's going to be um, uh, there's going to be some type of countermeasure from the the life insurance company, and that is is that they limit your upside. So where years back that that upside limitation was was very a very small margin. There wasn't enough of upside there to. To, to justify going into one of these vehicles, or maybe not even to cover the fees, depending on well, in- interestingly, how the, it's structured. what I'm describing now has zero fees. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, so this this is what one of the things that's really attractive about it. I'm you talking, got my attention. Yeah, zero fees, so zero upside. Z- um, excuse me, zero on the downside. Right. Zero fees. So the only question is, well, what what's my upside potential? And that that's really where the conversation gets interesting. They have so many different ways. You can structure your growth and your your your, your yield, and what mm-hmm. I what I love about it, Jess has. Well, I'm sure, we'll have some comments about it, but is you can you can take whatever strategies they're offering and you can back test those. Uh, you can look over the market for 10, 20, 30 years historically, and see using that strategy for my growth and my annuity over the last 10, 20, 30 years, what would my return be today? And it gives you, a, although history isn't a, you know, isn't an indicator of future performance. It's definitely one of the best references we can look at. Yeah. And I'm telling you, it tells a, a very pretty story when when you look at, at the returns today. It does, and those are <clears throat> those are very powerful, um, especially when we show people there is no downside. It's literally impossible to lose money. But we're, we've kind of shifted over to that other, the left annuity. That's the one that's just for growth. So I'll, I'll tap on that for a minute. So what he's describing is one that has either a cap. Or participation rate. So it's typically tied to the S&P. It's on an annual basis. They look at it once a year. The worst you can ever do in any one given year is you just don't make any money. You never lose anything. So the SP's down, you're, you're flat. And the next year when it's up, as everybody else is climbing up to zero, you're starting at zero and just heading up. The, upside, the, the top side of that is typically you're not going to get all of it. So one of the popular ones I've got right now is a 50% participation rate with a zero floor. You get half the upside of the S&P and none of the downside whatsoever. So this is the analogy I love is go to Vegas, go to the blackjack table. And at this table, you only get to keep half your winnings. But no matter what, you never lose. So every time you lose a hand, you're just flat. Every time you win, you get to keep half of it. How long would you stay at that table? Yeah, probably the whole time yeah, I was there. Mean, why not? Why, why don't they have tables like that in, in Las Vegas? Huh? Exactly. <laughs> well, the, they do have well, annuities. Well, you know why? Because they don't make as much money. They don't as make they any money if you do that. Yeah. They do have annuities like that, though. And that's and I, zero fee on that one. And that's well. amazing. And I, know, I mean, I know the listeners are like, wow, can you say that again? You get half of the upside and z- zero on the downside. 
Yeah. Flat out. Nothing, so, nothing hidden. I mean, this is a very thin annuity contract that's like maybe 15, 20 pages. Yeah. It's the most simplest and basic and fundamental of any contract you'll ever enter. So we, another thing we love to do on this, Sean, um, so we'll, we'll look at a chart over the last 10 years, and you'll see you know, maybe this chart will show a, a big dip, like a 20%, 30% dip one year, mm-hmm. and then you know, going up and down, maybe sideways. And we'll ask the, you know, the client, what, when you look at the last 10 years, and you, you look at this instrument, let's just kind of make sure we're, we're on the same page. What do you what, what would you say the best year is in this chart to own this instrument? Mm-hmm. And it's a little bit of a setup, a little bit of a trick, but a, a lot of people look at it and they don't always get it on the first guess, but the best year was the year that the S&P 500 went down 25% and right. you made zero. Right, because if you were because in the S and P, you, you avoided a catastrophe, right? Yeah. And then what's what's amazing is what Jess just said is that next year when the market snaps back, you get to to participate in all off, that upside right the on the you way have up. Nothing to make up, and yeah. and what what you make might might be more in that one year than you would have made, um, you know, three years in the S and P five hundred. So it it just it really gets rid of those rigid down downturns that can really hurt you. And right now we have these instruments averaging five, five and a half percent. Um, and that's, that's not a bad return. I mean, if you look at what the banks are yeah. paying, if I can make five, five and a half percent, no fees, but in no downside. But take it a step further. I mean, you think about five, five and a half percent in today's market, it's kind of sad that we're saying that's great. But what people, nobody wants to lose money, but most people don't walk in here really understanding the value of zero. And you hear people talk all the time about their portfolio being down in 2000, 2008. It was down 40%, but I stuck with it, and it's back up 40%. So I'll ask people, are they whole? And everybody say, well, no, they missed out on growth. I said, okay, forget about the growth. Do they have what they started with? And they'll say, yeah, they were down 40 and they're up 40. I mean, people will argue with me that that's where it is. So I'll throw it out there real basic. You got 100 grand, you're down 50%. What do you have in dollars? $50,000. Now you're up 50%. What do you have? And you can just see the light bulb go off above their head like, oh, that's only 75. I'm like, yeah, you got to go up 100%. Toss at a 50% loss. So if you never went below zero, everything is just growth. It all of a sudden becomes a whole lot more significant. It's powerful. Yeah, that's interesting because a lot of people don't think of not making any money as a success. But if you're not making money in contrast to losing your A word, then that actually is a win. Right. Absolutely. So you're not we, we, making tons of money, but you're also not completely busted. Winning by not losing. Right. Yeah. No. And you're not giving up your winnings on the upside just to get back to where you started either. That's the that's the biggest shame of it that nobody seems to grasp until they sit down with me for a while. Yeah. So you you mentioned this as part of a an income strategy. Obviously, this is not what you put all your your hopes on, right? You don't put all your eggs in one basket, but do clients typically use more than one annuity as part of their? Yeah, so one of the the other big complaints is annuities are not inflation protected, or the ones they've seen that are inflation protected aren't so attractive, and they're not gonna be because somebody else has has taken that gamble. So if you're gonna put $10 into something, don't put $10 into it, do four into one, three into one, two into one, and one into one. Now I've got the exact same amount. If I turn them all on at the same time, it produces the same income, but now I adjust for inflation. Mm-hmm. So I turn on the big one first, while the other three still have time to accumulate, wait four or five years, turn on the second one. Even though it's smaller, it's probably putting out more income because it accumulated. Mm-hmm. Then the third and fourth, you do the same thing. And in a lot of times, one insurance company is gonna produce a better result for you 15 years down the road than five years down the road. So we'll do two from two different insurance companies. So the mm-hmm. ones that are geared towards turning it on in 15 years, we go with those guys for the 15 year one. 
Yeah, that's great. And again, this is a topic that you guys actually touch on a little bit as part of our dinner and discussion events that we have twice a month. And if you folks out there listening want to RSVP for one, just go to noblecapitalradio.com. We've got one coming up Tuesday, April 16th at Truebox. We have to take a quick break, but we'll be right back. Talk 1370. Once again, this is the Noble Capital Radio Hour. And we are back. If you just tuned in, we've been discussing misconceptions about annuities. We've also been talking about their true benefits. Now, of course, I'm sitting here with two financial experts who have had to work through just about every scenario in the book over the years. So let's give our listeners some real tales from the trenches. Do you guys have, I mean, give me your wildest case of that you've experienced of having to sort of counter misconceptions about annuities? Well, I've got a tale. I don't know if it's necessarily a misconception as much as a, a an example of exactly what we're talking about. But, you know, we talk in the seminars about variable annuities having high fees mm-hmm. or hidden fees or high hidden fees. Um, I had a guy come in. He had a variable annuity. He's very proud of it. He bought it from his brother-in-law, the typical, you know, mm. cliche. Yeah. And he was there to prove to me that, that his variable annuity did not have high fees. So he insisted it had a 1% fee, and that's it. And so we kind of bantered back and forth, and it almost got argument level. So I said, let's just call the insurance company. So we turned the statement around, called the insurance company, verified that they could talk to us. And so I just kind of went into it, and I said, all right, so I see there's an income rider on here. Is that is there a fee for that? And she said, well, yeah, of course. There's a 1% fee. And so I write down 1%, and the guy's nodding his head. And then the lady got real quiet. I said, okay, well, this is a variable, right? She said, yeah. I said, well, do you, do you pay somebody to manage that? Is there like a sub-account fee or something? I was being kind of sarcastic, like I didn't know about it. I said, is there a sub-account fee or something? She said, well, yeah, of course. There's a one account, 1% sub-account fee. So I write down one, and the guy's kind of like looking at his annuity and turning pages and looking kind of confused. And I said, okay, there, I've heard about this mortality thing, some mortality expense fee. And she's like, well, yeah, there's a, there's a mortality fee of you know, 0.75. I'm like, wow, okay. Do you guys charge for administrating this thing? Or is there any kind of other fee? Well, yeah, of course, there's a 1% admin fee. And so I'm writing this down, 1, 1, 0.75, 1. I said, okay, thanks. So 3.75, I turn around and show it to the guy, and his veins are, like, popping out in his forehead. He's so angry. Um, that he's Was been, he angry that you were right or that he just – I think he was angry at that point. I was, like, staying away from him, right? He was, just, he was angry mostly to his brother-in-law, I believe. But I think he was more embarrassed um, that he had been taken. And by his had, own family, by his own family. Yeah. And, and he was so confident he, he defended it so much that when he was proven wrong it didn't feel very good so he wanted me to get him out of it um, he'd only been in it for two years so his surrender was pretty high and there was nothing we could do and about two years later he came in and it was down low enough that we could offset it with one of our annuities that had a bonus and we got him out of it and you know it's a happy ending great yeah. story no and you know a part of me wonders if the brother-in-law that sold it to him even knew what the fees were. I mean, it seems like a lot of these things are pretty hidden. I would, man, you got to be securities licensed, and there's like three levels of licensing just to sell those things. I, yeah. I'd be, it'd be hard pressed to find somebody selling a variable that doesn't know enough about it to know what the fees are. So he wasn't, he wasn't a fool. I don't believe so. That's about awesome. You. Yeah, you know, mine's, mine's is not quite as exciting, Sean, but basically, one of the. The clients I remember that's now a, a good friend and um, of, of the of the firm and of myself. Um, this gentleman had come in kind of like Jess's client w- with a, a big variable annuity, and 
the we shook it down just like Jess said, you know, called and figured out the fees and everything and and we were looking deep into it because he thought that he remembered that that with this account one of the reasons he was going with it is that he could get um lifetime income with joint survivorship so for himself and for his spouse mm -hmm. and this particular account was in his ira so you can buy an annuity with your your qualified money your 401k ira mm -hmm. retirement account and there was a little nuance or a little fine print on this particular contract that would not let him turn on joint income, joint survivorship income with his spouse. So he either had to just take the income himself and then when he passed, uh, that that was it. She, she didn't get anything or just not touch the vehicle at all and and just leave it there kind of as a savings account where the fees were just kind of cannibalizing the the growth. So mm -hmm. he he came to that moment where he he just felt stuck and this he had he had taken a large amount of money and put it into this vehicle and we were able to after breaking it all down and making a good case, we were able to take that instrument and we were able to replace it with not one because he in our opinion he had too large of a sum of money in there, but we broke it down into four separate annuities that were set up with less than one percent fees, which he was blown away by, we saved him about two. It was about two thirds less fee for him, and then we were also able to stagger those to turn those on at different times and maximize his overall income and cash flow. Um, and it, it was north of thirty percent more cash flow or income that was, he was going to be able to pull out of these vehicles for him and his spouse. You mentioned that you basically split it up into two. Were they the same type or were they slightly different to use for different purposes? The the four that we set up were were very similar. Um okay. that they those were all in the same category, but we came out of something that was that was much different. And yeah. whenever you look at that, you know, that's that's one of those gotchas. Like you you can't I mean you're telling me I can't turn on joint income and take care of my spouse. I mean Right. Yeah. Like what? It, it, that seems That's like crazy. Some, some material information that I need to know. Yeah, absolutely. And by taking that one large account and splitting it into multiple accounts, you're also kind of diversifying a little bit. And you, you can use these annuities separately as you need to, kind of like how Jess was saying earlier that you turn one of them on and let the others continue to accumulate. Right. It gives you a lot more flexibility Flexibility's in general, right? Yeah. Why, why turn the whole thing on and have to drink from the fire hose and pay yeah. taxes on that when you didn't need all of it at that time? Exactly. Well, those were both really good stories. But what I want right now is for the two of you to Put your money where your mouth is. Bring it on, Sean. This is where my esteemed co-hosts have to come up with a phrase related to this week's episode, and I get to decide how they have to deliver it. Every week, I seal the guidelines for the game in the Seanvelope, and I open it on air so they never know what to expect. And if I stump them this week, for the rest of the week, every time they see me, they have to call me the A-word. And by A-word, I mean awesome. I can handle that. All right. Here we go. Let's let her rip. Okay. In exactly seven words, sum up today's episode. Seven words. Seven words. Here we go. 
While the guys are racking their brains trying to put this one together, I just want to remind you that you can learn more about us at noblecapital.com. Check us out on Facebook at Noble Capital, on Instagram at Noble Capital Radio, and you can download every episode of the Noble Capital Radio Hour wherever you get your podcasts. All right, guys, that's your time. I hope you came up with something. What do you got for me? I'll let Jaden go first because I'm reading his and it's pretty good. Okay. All right, mine's a question. Oh, okay. We answer questions with questions. Yeah, I didn't say it couldn't be a question. Isn't winning by not losing a win? Beautiful. I love it. I love that's it. one of the best ones ever. I know. He's awesome. That's one of the best ones ever. Just what Mine's you got about for as me. plain as it can be. So remember, annuity isn't a four-letter word. Perfect. <laughs> annuity good. isn't a four-letter word. Awesome. That's awesome. And last week, I actually decided to put both of your quotes up on the wall of wisdom, better known as Instagram, because they were both so good. Right. I'll have to check the tape for this week's and decide who gets forever enshrined. But that's it, folks, for this week's episode of the Noble Capital Radio Hour. I'm Jaden. I'm Jess. I'm Sean. And remember, life is short. Plan to enjoy it. We'll see you back here next week. All opinions expressed by the speakers on this radio program are solely the opinions of those speakers and do not reflect the opinions of Noble Capital, Acute Financial, Streamline Funding, or their respective affiliates. Each speaker's opinions are based upon information the speakers believe to be reliable, but accuracy and completeness cannot be guaranteed. Each speaker's statements and opinions are subject to change without notice. The information discussed on this radio program is provided for general informational purposes only, does not take into account your particular investment objectives, financial situation, or needs, and is not intended as recommendations appropriate for you, and should not be construed as investment, legal, tax, or other advice on any subject matter. The information discussed in this radio program is not intended and should not be viewed or construed as a recommendation, advice, offer, or inducement to buy, sell, or hold securities, insurance products, or any other financial products. Before acting on any information discussed in this radio program, you should seek appropriate financial, investment, and other professional advice based on your particular facts and circumstances. Current or past performance is not indicative of future results. You should be aware of the real risk of loss in following any strategy or investment discussed on this radio program. No outcome or profit is guaranteed. Any transmission of information through this program is provided on a non-confidential basis and does not create Create an advisor-client relationship between you or anyone of Noble Capital, Acute Financial, or Streamline Funding. Some information provided in this program may reference other service providers, including websites operated and maintained by third parties. Such information is included solely as a convenience to you, and the provision of such information does not imply a responsibility for such third-party information or an endorsement of the linked site, its operator, or its contents. Acute Financial and Streamline Funding are both wholly owned subsidiaries of Noble Capital. Noble Capital, Acute Financial, Streamline Funding, and or their respective affiliates and principals, which may include the speakers and guests featured on this radio program, may receive compensation from the sale of financial products featured in this program. Reproduction, distribution, republication, and or retransmission of any portion of this program is strictly prohibited without the prior written permission of Acute Financial, Noble Capital, and Streamline Funding.